welcome to the Zero Barriers Podcast. Alright, what is going on guys? Welcome back to the Zero Barriers Podcast. I feel like I'm leaning down a little bit today. I don't know if it's my chair. I, I'm, I'm, I normally feel like this podcast is... There we go. I'm, I'm lower to the ground now. Maybe one a bit higher. Um, anyway, welcome back to Zero Barriers Podcast. I've lost track of what episode this is, but uh, the last episode was on... Uh, what, what did we do it on, Charlie? Charlie's back. Hello, what? Charlie. Charlie's back. I never went anywhere in life. That's I know what you're talking about, I'm <laughs> right where I am. We talked uh, about what, why men what? don't open up. Oh, yeah, we did. And I completely embarrassed myself, as <laughs> I usually do on this podcast. So Charlie from now on, Charlie will not say, I'm not really going to, yeah. And there's a bit good. of a relation from me. And we went... What? We went deep. No, we went deep into some good stuff, but it went well over an hour, and I think that's why Charlie went a bit crazy by the end, and we went on some tangents that probably weren't relevant. But thanks to those that listened. Again, a few people messaged me about it, so I appreciate that. Keep messaging me if you listen to it. I appreciate it. Um, maybe comment on the YouTube video, though. Not, I don't think many people watch the actual thing. I think a lot of people just chuck it on Spotify in the background, which is fair. Yeah. But, um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, today's guest, we have a guest again today, like I try to do every second episode. Um, normally, it's just me and the guest, but, you know, with lockdown, Charlie's not doing anything, so he's stuck. Poor Lucas here is stuck with Charlie, has to put up with Charlie as well as me. But um, oh, no. welcome, Lucas. Hey, how you going? I'm happy, uh, happy to be on. Yeah, I've been meaning to get you on for a while. I'll introduce the topic in a second, but do you want to maybe just introduce yourself a little bit and also um, how you know me? Sure. Um, so, yeah, my name is Lucas. Um, live in the Blue Mountains, uh, football enthusiast. And, yeah, I met Eli through football uh, in coaching at, um, at a local grassroots club. Yeah. yeah. And I think you did that for a few years, didn't you? Assistant coach and coaching and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. I did a couple of years as an assistant and then I took my own team for a couple of years and, yeah. Sort of and, stuff. yeah, you're still doing that. You're still doing your coaching. You're obviously at a much higher level now, which is good. It's exciting. Yeah. But I guess it all comes into play with what the topic is about today, which is the uh, – expectations versus reality in particular self-expectations so expectations we put on ourselves versus the reality um i will say off the bat i actually did an assignment on this i chose to do like so it was basically you could write any um the unit was telling true stories so you just had to tell a true story so you basically just had to do a research thing and do some background information do an interview you know, and then put all of it together. And I decided, you know what, this is going to be my article. I decided to do um, disappointments, grief, and the expectation trap. So I'm not particularly going to look into grief today, but um, we'll look into disappointment and I guess, yeah, what psychologists call it, the expectation trap. So I'm definitely going to refer to um to a lot of that today from that. From that assignment but i guess um you guys will bring your own points to it and your own experiences um particularly i guess we'll just start off the top does um one of you guys want to start with i guess like your own experience 
from when you were younger and um, particularly what type of expectations you sort of put on yourself and I guess the sort of feelings and emotions attached to that when maybe things don't necessarily work out the way you thought thought of they would, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, whoever, yeah. whoever wants to start, because we'll all we'll all go. I, I, I'll say my experiences last, if you guys don't mind. It'll probably sure. be very similar to you guys anyway. But um, so if you don't mind, Lucas, I mean, I guess by the age of ten, I had made my mind up that I wanted to be a chef, and I was adamant on that. And uh, all throughout school, I was like, oh yeah, no, I'm going to be a chef. You know, I'm going to make it. That's that's going to be my thing, you know. I'm going to work in Michelin-starred restaurants, travel all over the world, cooking really high level. And then I left school. I did my apprenticeship as a chef, and then I was like, "Well, actually, this isn't what I was expecting." Like my expectations of it being a chef were so high that when I actually became a chef, I was like, "Oh shit!" You know, I don't actually want to do this. What do I do now? So it was like. Imagine it as a balloon, like, you know, blown up and then just suddenly popped and I'm left with nothing. Like my whole life I'd been working towards that one goal. And then to realise that that's not what I want to do was just like sort of, I don't know, uh, yeah, really depressing fact. And I'm still trying to work out what I want to do now, really. Um, so, yeah, I think it's very dangerous setting yourself on one one goal, one target in life. I think you need to always keep an open mind and I think you always need to keep all your options open, really. Um, but yeah, I, I guess uh, it's just dealing with that now and trying to work out where I want to move in life, really. And I think it's not like, yeah, it's like you say, having lots of options, you, not not just having a plan B, but maybe having a plan C, D and E as well, right? Correct. Totally. Yeah. All right. Lucas? Well, yeah, I'll go. Sure. Um, so obviously, yeah, I work in football in some capacity. Uh, when I was a kid, I played. And to be honest, um, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, with my life maybe till um, my mid-20s or maybe even later that I, I, I think football was the, the thing for me. Um, I always loved the game and I did things around it like um, personal training certificates, like I played. I did a little bit of coaching before I got into it really like, a lot. Um, I loved video games and music, so I always thought, you know, there's different avenues I could take. Um, and, yeah, I always – I remember I like turning 16, I'd be like, all right, but when I'm 18, I'll know what I want to do. Then 18 would come along and, uh, oh, you know, I haven't really figured it out yet. Maybe 21. And then I repeated that process and then maybe mid twenties, even now I'm a bit more focused on, you know, a single purpose or what I, what I want to do. Um, but you never know. So yeah, it's tough. Um, you know, the, the, those two self expectation, um, uh, you know, trying to to meet what you set yourself um, with those targets. Yeah, and I think um, <clears throat> yeah, I think a lot of us kind of like we think we're gonna make it, make it. I guess it's all everyone wants to make it. I suppose, quote unquote, make it because we all want to 
achieve things and I, I don't know, be big and be the best. And you see these people like I, I'm sure, Charlie, you've seen all these chefs. You would have seen all these chefs when you were younger and you yeah. would have idolized that and you would have looked up to that. And then, you know, and then when you're not exactly in that position or like you said, Charlie, you just didn't enjoy it as much as you thought you might have. It just it can kind of like rip you apart a little bit and it can kind of make you feel a little bit disappointed in how things sort of turned out. Um. I'll go down a different route, like going away from jobs and whatnot. I actually set an expectation when I was a kid that I would be married by age 22. Now, I don't know. That's so early, but you got to like, so, I mean, my parents got married at 23. So I just kind of grew up thinking that was a norm. And, you know, I'm the youngest and my parents had me at 27. So... That's still pretty young by today's standards. A lot of people don't have kids till past 30 now. Um, And yeah, I honestly thought, yeah, I, I'd be, you know, I'd be married by 22. I'll have kids 24, 26, 28. Like I, I'd set it out so specifically. And honestly, like all of these expectations are yet to be achieved. And I don't think they'll be achieved anytime soon. Um, I think like that kind of, it doesn't necessarily hurt because I'm like, I don't really want that right now, but it can feel kind of disappointing that you didn't, you know, that things didn't work out the way that you necessarily wanted to. I think like it's disappointments inevitable. It's part of life, but, um, it's, it's kind of how, how you go about, um, I sort of dealing with it, I guess. Um, I don't know about you guys but personally the best way I think to like whenever you're kind of disappointed about how things worked out or I don't know I don't know if disappointed is even the word for it because I mean from your experiences you guys seem to maybe not necessarily know what you're doing in life because I guess no one really knows what you're doing but um you kind of you're kind of uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, but you're kind of content with where you're at right now, maybe? Or am I wrong? No, I I, I disagree with you, Eli. I'm definitely not content with what I'm doing right now because um, I'm still, yeah, I'm still uh, in some respects still lost in terms of um, in terms of career and uh, progression, like, you know. So, no, because, I mean, when I, you know, I'm honest, like, you know, that was actually my one and only goal in life was to be a chef. Like, um, yeah, to the to the core, really. And um, then to have that realisation that, you know, this isn't what I want to do um, was, yeah, really, you know, I'm still, I'm still dealing with it. I'm still, that's still a challenge. So, uh, you know, I'm still, yeah, still, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm still stuck in that respect. Yeah, well, I mean, like, okay, so here's an example for you. Vincent Van Gogh, right? Um, you guys know exactly who that is, right? Van Gogh. Van, yeah. Van Gogh, correct. <laughs> I always said Van Gogh. I'm joking. I'm joking. Is it's it Van Gogh or Van Gogh? Van Gogh? Yeah, well, he, uh, no, no, he, he was Dutch, so I couldn't really know. Well, I went to the museum, the Van Gogh. <laughs> Van Gogh, Van Gogh Museum <laughs> in the Netherlands, in Amsterdam, right? Uh, pretty good experience. But um, 
And I, I think it came to Sydney, like the live exhibition last year. Really not the same. I don't know why anyone would say it's even close to being the same because it was not even the paintings. It was just like an exhibition of, I don't know. They got like a projector of his work and put it on a ball basically. But anyway, point is he was not known when he was alive. Absolutely poor. Um, no one knew him. He was considered like an outcast, a social outcast. Pretty much. He chopped his ear off and then killed himself. And he died not knowing how successful his art would go on to be. Pretty tragic. But a very good example of, like, maybe he's not necessarily... Maybe he didn't set those expectations for himself. But I guess for such a successful artist, you would think that maybe his career goal... Well, I don't even know if he'd say career back then. But... He would have been driven to the like to such an extent of like, okay, this is where I want to go. Like, I like my paintings. I'm going to keep doing it because he did so many paintings, and he was just such a failure. And then he ended up killing himself. And then after he died, he became so successful. So I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, but football players, they set, and not only the players themselves, but the club. The fans, they set very high expectations for these guys. Uh, and when they do lose, it's like it's the end of the world. Uh, do you know what I mean? I, I, I don't know. Lucas, can you add into that? I, Yeah, do you think players and fans set very high expectations? And Yeah, they sure do. Uh, the, the Euros that just finished are a big example of that with the, mm. uh, the English, yeah. the England, and especially the English media. Um, geez, uh, you know, it's crazy. I, even as a player um, and as a coach, um, they set very harsh expectations of themselves. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't even know. I, I, as a coach, I don't look at it that way. Um, I don't even know how they'd handle that handle that mentally and emotionally when they don't meet their targets because um, it's such a cutthroat sport and all sports are like that. Um, yeah. I guess you can see when they do make it, um, or they achieve goals, like how rewarding and how emotional it can be for them. They they break down in tears. That that you know, it's it's amazing to watch. Um, but also, you know, other side of the coin, when they don't make it, um, they lose a final or they cut from a squad. The yeah, it's it's not great. Yeah, I think for outsiders, it can seem or a bit of a show, but I guess it really is. I guess there is so much pressure on these guys. And we think it's all very well. They get paid a lot. You know, they're just playing soccer at the end of the day. But actually, this is it for them. This is a bit like their, you know, this is a bit like their cooking. If it's not this, then what else is it? Yeah, yeah. And I I imagine that being a chef is pretty similar to being a coach um, or a player. You know, you've got to work within a team setting. Um, You know, there's people you get along with, people you don't. There's different different restaurants different styles it's the same as yeah it's pretty similar a lot of themes but yeah i yeah i agree yeah it is yeah i I, yeah it's for all sports as well i know uh fans put a lot of pressure on the players Mm. um and on the and the club as well they put so much pressure to perform well and when they don't perform well it's like 
well, you're rubbish. You know, why should we support you? Do you know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. I just, yeah, I think yeah. we've, got to, we've got to change that mindset. Uh, I think, and actually, I think that's a conversation that needs to be had more. Uh, the pressure that is put on high performance sort of athletes, because they are, I mean, you know, they, I, yeah, I, well, I think I think you can argue two ways about that, though. You can actually make the point that they get paid so much that they should be able to handle, you know, the pressure and they should be able to handle that the expectations. But you should also, also look at the other side. And this is a side I more agree with. I was just making the other point because it is a fair point. They make millions, some of these football players. But yeah. you, look at the, you look at the other side. They're human beings. Now, going back to the England, what's happening like over in England at the moment with a lot of these, so a few of these um, players that miss the penalty are being racially abused. Um, big thing in the media at the moment because these are like black men and like Marcus Rashford is one of the nicest guys off the field. I know you would know this, Lucas, um, what he did last year for like, families and children he donated like i think like 50 million pounds or something wasn't it a raise like 50 million pounds something like that yeah he's a huge um activist for you know humanitarian rights and making sure that his local community not just his local community but i'm pretty sure it's all of britain that he's and he's, he's young too so he's one of the he's one of the good ones to be honest i really and he's a united player and i actually really like him so yeah there you go yeah, and I think, um, yeah, and also to the point, I think it's really hard because you, you chuck an umbrella, going back to the point you were making, Charlie, like, you you, ch- it, you chucks, it, it's really hard when you've got, like, you're under this cloud of, like, you know, you're a national team player, or you chuck the England association with these players, or the Australia, or any country particularly, you're representing an entire nation, and, like, yeah, um, it's still bad for teams. Like, there's still a lot of pressure on just single teams. I mean, look at Liverpool. For so long, they didn't win the Premier League. And then, obviously, you're a massive Liverpool supporter, Lucas. And yeah. then when they finally won it, it was just insane because fans were just waiting so long. And I think Eng- English um, fans can relate to that as well. I mean, one major trophy in history, international trophy, and that's 1966. So anytime they come close, there's just all this pressure that mounts. All of the, you know, it's coming home slogans come out. You know, everyone gets so behind it. And then when they don't reach that that goal and that expectation, you know, it, I'm sure it crush, it's crushed a lot of these players. I mean, look at Harry Kane. He plays for Tottenham. He's been in so many domestic trophy finals now and, um, and continental trophies, you know, Champions League final, Carabao Cup final. I think he's been in an FA Cup final. Um, so that's three major trophies. Finished second in the Premier League, I think, twice maybe since he's been there. Champions League final. Yep. And then he's gone and lost a World Cup semifinal and a European Championship final. Like, it's it's hard. And, like, they, these are just all these fans that are just... And I think, to be honest, like, for someone that follows England, like, it, you can look at English fans and go, hold on a second. They put a lot more expectations on these players than probably what us Aussie fans do, you know? And maybe that's the this whole expectation trap that they set, that they go, oh, you know, they probably think England's better than they are. Um, 
And to be fair, they have a very good squad at the moment. And within the next 15 years, it's very achievable for them to win either a World Cup or a, a European Championship. But as an Aussie, you know, I look at us going to the Olympics, our football team. We've got Argentina, Spain, and Egypt. we got no chance getting out of that Olympic group. I can look at that and be content. While English fans are just very, very focused on, you know, we've got to do this. Like, we've got to win and in 2014 they didn't even get out of the group stage of the world cup so it's interesting how i think it varies from nation to nation and team to team and i i think it's i know like some african fans you see on facebook are crazy like i think i i see a lot of nigerian fans on facebook a lot and they're very crazy spanish fans um so yeah and obviously this goes way beyond sport it's just it's a really good example that you've brought up Charlie, because it's yeah, it's very relevant. Because it's like, especially for the younger fans, you know, I think they've got to learn that yeah, they lost, but that's okay. You do lose sometimes in life, and you need to pick yourself back up and continue going. That's not the end of it. Do you know what I mean? Like I, so I think we need a stronger emphasis, uh, em- emphasis on it is important that when you do fail, that you pick yourself back up. You reset your target and you're like, yeah, okay, where did I go wrong? I'm going to learn from that. Constantly learning from your mistakes, building yourself back up, picking yourself back up to then go and achieve that, you know, go and achieve those new targets. Um, so I think that's really important. And um, I want to see I want to see more of that actually on social media because I think that can relate back to mental health as well. Always keeping a positive mindset, always remembering that it's okay to fail everyone fails everyone has their off days but you've got to continue forward you know you've got to be pushing forward you know so i think i think we need to drive that message a bit more really yeah so um i've got a couple questions for you guys to answer um do you think i'll start off with this one um do you think we set unrealistic expectations on ourselves because I guess you've sort of already answered if we set them on other people. Which, But what about ourselves? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, we absolutely do. Uh, yeah, no, we absolutely do in short. Uh, um, yeah, I, you know what? It wouldn't be right if we didn't. It would be something wrong if we didn't put um, pressure on ourselves to achieve uh, you know, our targets or whatever we have, whatever our motivation is, um, because then you just wouldn't be doing anything with yourself, would you, really? If you didn't have any goals in life or any targets in life, uh, then you'd sort of, <laughs> I don't know. I, I guess I don't know if there's not anyone out there that doesn't have a dream or doesn't have a target. Or, you know, even if it's small. I mean, everyone's everyone's achievements are different and everyone, you know, wins in a different way. Um but that doesn't matter regardless. We need to, yeah, I was going on before. Yeah, regardless, like, you know, it doesn't matter. Whatever whatever it is, you still need to remember that it's okay, but you've still got to pick yourself back up afterwards. Do you know what I mean? Lose a game, yeah, you still need to pick yourself up afterwards. It's like, it's just basic. It's just basic stuff, really. Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, you know, with setting targets or expectations of yourself um 
than I've experienced this, you you do miss out sometimes on really, really like precious and unique moments in life. Um, like not that, so you're not living in the moment because you're thinking about, you know, that um, job interview next week or that game next week or um, that essay next week you got to do instead of, you know, spending good time with your friends and family. Um, and I used to be more that than where now I'm more like, you know, um, you know, you do your best and stuff, but whatever it will be, will be, you, you can affect what you can affect, but, um, you know, the things that you can't, you just let it be and you, and you enjoy the, enjoy life as it is in the moment. Cause you know, I'm, I'm 30, um, now, but yeah, 10 years, like uh, uh, it goes so quick. Um, yeah. so, so you got to you got to, yeah, ch- you know, live in the moment as well as, you know, set your targets. So there's a balance, I think. What do you tell your players when they do, you know, lose a game? What do you, or, I mean, what do you usually say? Uh, well, straight after the game. like the, yeah. yeah, so usually after the game as a coach, it's very hard to give feedback because it's right in the moment. Um, win lose or draw so i usually wait till the following training session to really because the drive home is the you know reflection time and i really think about the game and then i can watch the video back and and do more 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 reflection and review and then on the you know if the game's on a sunday then the tuesday night training i really really dive deep into the game um but of course there's been situations where we've been flogged and I've lost my temper completely, you know? And so, or, and also when I've won the game and told them everyone had a great game, so it can change like that. But the, the, the reflection and leave it alone one is probably the best process I've ever, I've used so far. Yeah. Yeah. So that would should you go, be, oh, go on, go on. No, so I, I'm guessing that could be applied to any situation in life. Yeah. You know, reflection and take the time out to, so always in the heat of the moment, like having an argument with anyone, you know, not in the moment, take time, step back, reflect on it, and then, you know, you'll make a smart, conscious decision. Um, yeah. You know. Yeah, it's very relative. Um, would you guys agree, like, would you guys say that it's healthier to have goals which turn into expectations? So basically, you set a goal. <laughs> that I'm, I'm going to... I'm going to um do this. I'm okay, so I finished uni this year. I should have a full-time job next year. Now, it didn't start with I should have a full-time job next year. It started with my goal is to have a full-time job next year, but it turns yes. into an expectation because you you just run that through your head so many times and I'm just wondering if you guys think that's healthy. Or if you should sort of bring yourself back down to earth, shall I say, and be like, hold on a second, this is a goal, not an expectation. I should just be setting out for the, I should be, you know, I should be striving for the goal, but I shouldn't make it an expectation. I mean, I guess you have no control over some of that, but do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I, yeah. I've definitely had situations where a goal has turned into an expectation in a 
going to race against time to fulfill my, you know, expectations of myself. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I think it's not healthy to do that because, um, like I said, you, you miss out on, on parts in life where, you, you know, you're out spending time with family and friends and also exterior things like friends and family and, and who's around you can affect the way you see self-expectations and goals because you might have friends and I've had this told to me a hundred times like you're never going to be a coach full-time um, especially here in this country you, it's never going to happen it's like one in a million you know it's I got a better chance of uh, doing a collaboration with 360 um, <laughs> but, if anyone um, doesn't realize lucas looks like yeah. 360 <laughs> um, but that, that that is so important lucas because film anyone who's made it in life has been told at some point you're never going to make it so you know you just i and it's yeah it's keeping the mindset that shut out all the haters you know, obviously take feedback where feedback is due, but yeah. always push yourself. Just constantly, constantly, constantly going for that goal. Um, but it's got to be in a healthy way. So when you do fail, you're not like, oh, you know, that's it. It's all a disaster. It's like, okay, why did I fail? Let me review it. You know, think about it logically. You know what I mean? Like you've got to attack these things smart you've got to have a game plan you know what i mean like you can't just go about it free mode you've got to be smart you've got to have a lot of logic behind it well there's psychology around it as well because there is a massive dopamine and you guys would know exactly that feeling when you hit a goal even if it's just the smallest thing how proud you feel and that dopamine hit that you get and you feel it physically you feel it mentally and you and you go this just feels incredible like, and I think a whole point of life is just setting out goals. It's just about kind of managing them, making sure they're not too unattainable, I suppose. And yeah, like you said, Charlie, being prepared for disappointment, I suppose. But seeing that not as a failure, though, that's what I'm trying to get across. It's not a failure. You know, if you do fall down, you pick yourself back up. You know what I mean? Like, you don't. You see all these people having a whinge about it on Facebook. Oh, I failed at this or blah, 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 whatever. Whatever's happened to me. Sure, that's happened. That's bad. But how can I, how can I you know, how can I get past that? Stop, like, stop going back over the past. Stop bringing up stuff. You know what I mean? Like, you've got to drive forward. And, and just actually, be realistic. And just be realistic with yourself. You know, I'm not going to be a spaceman, <laughs> but I can have bigger and better goals than currently what I'm doing. Do you know what I mean? And the emblem of Australia is the emu and the kangaroo, two animals that can't go backwards, constantly going forwards. That's, uh, it's that's like they, really you know, good. It's true. I like yeah, that. True. I like uh, that. Juliet, no, I didn't, I didn't actually say that. I believe um, uh, what prime minister was, uh, what prime minister said that? I don't know. Some, some Aussie prime minister said that, going, moving forward. Who was that? Was that Julia Gillard? <laughs> I, don't Mate, I don't i think you should stay away from the food and get into politics to be honest <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's so true though it, it really is true 
Well, you know. Well, the yeah. thing is, okay, like, here's a good way to look at it. If I want a coffee, well, I don't even really like coffee that much. I'm going to say, if I want a hot chocolate, I can't think it into existence. Yep. Right? But I could get up and go make one, and then it's done. I mean, obviously, life's a lot more challenging than that, but magical thinking gets you nowhere. You've got to be, um, you've got to make sure that those goals are attainable. Um, so I guess I'll ask you guys, how do you manage expectations and goals? Did you want me to go? Um, okay. What I do, again, I'm approaching this in a logical sense. I write out a, like a con, like a uh, positive and cons. What's the what's the word? Like a do's and don'ts sort of thing. Sort of the positives and the negatives. Yeah. Um, I'll write that for regardless whatever the situation is. Okay. So maybe I need a new car. I'll write a negative and a positive list. A negative. I can't really afford it. A positive. Well, it would help me go to that new job. So I look at all of that. I sort of, you know, I look, does it equal? Does it make, does it all add up? Does it make sense? And if it does, then yeah, I go and, you know, I go and achieve that. I go and set that for myself. Um, so yeah, I, I always write it down first. Any, any problem I have, always write it down. It helps when you can see the problem. Do you know what I mean? Like it helps when you have um, uh, something in front of you that you can actually, uh, uh, see, yeah, yeah. Um, so managing what was it? Managing your expectations and goals was that the question? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, um, yeah, I just, um, before the start of every season or pre season, or um, could be, yeah, halfway through, I just set myself targets or, um, yeah, goals that me or the staff or players and stuff and. I manage them so they're achievable. Um, there might be one or two that are, you know, pretty, pretty, um, you know, reaching for the stars kind of thing. But I think, um, like, like you said, um, you know, picking yourself back up, those ones uh, you can repeat. Um, you know, that could be winning a championship or um, finishing in the top two or something. You can you can build on that for next season. Um, Do you write them down? Is there some what do you do? Do you write it, this down? Is there a book or is there? A, yeah. What, um, so I do my, I do my own. Um, and then um, we'll, me and the assistant coach or assistant coach and coach, and then um, we might share that with the players and then we get them to write down their um, goals and expectations. And we come up with um, individual and collective ones. Um, and it's actually great um, uh, to do that. And especially at the end of the season, when you reflect on them and you can, read them back and see if we achieved our goals. Um, and it can be, you know, Eli said with the dopamine, it can be, it can go either way. <laughs> like it can be, feel so good or, um, you know, not so good. Um, but yeah, um, I've definitely gotten a lot better at managing um, my expectations and goals compared to 10 years ago when I was a lot younger. Cause I wanted every, I wanted everything that, that, now when I wanted it tomorrow and um in that year or whatever and it just wasn't happening so um as you get older you, you learn that you know it's a process and I, 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 the time frame can change for everybody I guess but depending on what, what you work in but yeah I think it's just about being patient and surrounding yourself with people that 
that um, understand what you're fighting for and what, and what you want to achieve. Would you say getting rid of people that don't support, I don't know, don't support a healthy, um, a healthy environment, uh, like who you know aren't really supportive of what you're doing, or I don't know. Would yeah, I, I guess for me, I yeah. Wait, I can I interrupt? What do you mean by getting yeah, sure. rid of them, though? What do you mean getting rid of? Uh, just like pushing someone away. <laughs> yeah. I, I know what you mean. Yeah, I just, know. it was really how you said it. <laughs> uh, you just no, mean like, like getting them out of their life, your life. Cutting them out of your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah cutting yeah. them out of your life. People with like negative attitudes and sort of, you know, who aren't healthy, who aren't really, uh, yeah, I don't know. Who aren't, you know, you're not going to benefit from them. Yeah. Well, I, I, um, I have friends that say, yeah, you're going to, you know, you're going to achieve your goals and you're going to be a coach somewhere big someday. But then I've got other friends saying, mate, you know, you really need to start looking at a different career path because it's not going to happen. Um, so, yeah, I think it's good to have a to have both because the ones that say you're not going to make it, um, you know, they, they might bring you back down to earth and keep you humble. And then you've got yes, the ones that say you're doing a great job um, and that's the dopamine hit and you, and you feel great. So. I'd probably say, you know, you have seventy-five percent of the positive people, and then twenty-five percent of the of the um the realists. <laughs> yeah, you have call that. Having the balance, which is healthy, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah and you can't yeah, shut out people true. just because they have that outlook. Because some people are just generally negative. They might still be really good friends, but they just have a negative overview on life. Yeah. So, yeah, um, that, that's true. Yeah, that's very true. That's very true. We will have to finish soon because I'm I'm just keeping aware of the time because Lucas is yeah. going to go in this, uh, yeah. this is such an interesting topic, Eli. It really is because there's so many areas that we can go into. Yeah, um, so, well, that's it. And I, I'll look, here's a great question to ask um, because this is something I've, I always bring this up in conversation. Um, why are lottery winners never completely happy? It, it okay, like... <laughs> And here's the thing. I think the people that buy lottery tickets are people that are terrible with money. And then when they win, <laughs> that's, that's so savage. <laughs> I hope no lottery winners are listening to this. On their oh, okay. bloody speaker and whatnot. No, but seriously, like, it's such a good question. And another good question to ask, and I want you guys to sort of try and answer this as well is why a silver medalist i always bring this up as well why a, um a, a bronze medalist sorry normally a happier than silver medalist oh um great philosophical uh, philosophical question that um yeah the lottery <laughs> one the lottery one um yeah i don't know I, I when i think of lottery people i think of people that play the pokies like on a constant basis <laughs> they probably are the people that play the book yeah <laughs> <laughs> um i think those people love the rush of winning something completely against the odds um like pokies are terrible odds lottery tickets i have no idea but they're probably not great either um but yeah I, why aren't they not happy um Jeez, that's a good question. Because uh, they're not content with themselves. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, maybe maybe it's because money can't money can't complete you. Um, it's yeah. What, is that yeah, a bad goal to have? Winning the lottery? Probably. <laughs> I don't think that's a goal. I think that's a a wish. Yeah. What well, about the bronze medalist one, though? Because in, in my opinion, I think it's because if you get gold, obviously you've won the whole thing. You get bronze, you're happy to be on the podium. While silver, it's like, well, hold on a second. I just missed out on being the best in the world. Yeah. Good good example of that. Um, so the Euro final, I was oh. watching the players collect their medals and seeing who, like the, the England collecting the runners-up medals, and I was looking at the players and how they reacted. And you could see, so like most of them instantly took the medal off. They didn't want anything yeah. to do with it. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of the pundits on the call are saying they should be so proud. You hold your held up high. You know, this is a good era for England. It's not all over, you know. A lot of... Uh, um, and football trophies these days seems like it's everything, but it's not like um, playing for a club that you love and scoring goals or stopping goals. That's that's that should be happy there because you're doing what you love. The the trophies and individual accolades are just the cherry on top, you know, because only one team can be the winner at the end of it, and and you know for the other nineteen or teams or whatever, it doesn't matter what comp. You know, there's got to be more to it than just than just trophies. That's a good yeah. way to look at it. Um, yeah. yeah. Lucas will have to go in a minute. Um, do you guys have any final remarks? I could obviously delve... We could delve a lot deeper into this because there's uh, so much you to You know say. what? I think we should do a part two, Eli. Yeah, so, maybe we should do a part two. Lucas, are you keen to join that? Yeah, I'd be happy to. Uh, this topic, I think we've just kind of touched the surface on it, to be honest. I think we could do a part two for sure. For sure, for sure. Let's, uh, let's pause it there today. Uh, but, yeah, I'm more than happy to do a part two. All right, well, we'll do that then. We'll lock that in and organise that sometime in the next week or so. Stuck in this yeah. terrible, awful yeah. lockdown that's just going to go on and on, I feel, at this yeah. point. Two more, two more weeks, hey? Yeah. Two more weeks will turn into two more months, and next thing you know, it's Christmas. No, uh, it's December. fingers yeah. crossed. <laughs> I do not want to go into a 100-day lockdown like uh, Melbourne did, but... No. Did they go no. for 100 days? 100 days. Did they, actually? Yes. It would drive wow. me insane. It would drive I, me insane. Eli, I think... Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah. Take us. <laughs> Cut that out, Mark. No, uh, so yeah, if you've, if you've listened to this, uh, thanks for listening. Make sure to message me, uh, message me your thoughts and, uh, maybe any expectations you've set on yourself. Um, I'll tag Charlie. Uh, actually, Charlie doesn't like being tagged. No, Charlie doesn't like being tagged. <laughs> I'll tag Lucas in the, the, uh, the post. So I'll make sure you can. Yeah. Uh, tag me and I'll, I'll share that. it and stuff as well. Yep. And, uh, I guess we'll continue this in a part two soon. Will we make it the next episode? Maybe. Or will we come back in a few? I guess we'll work it out. But um, thanks for listening. Make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Zero Barriers Podcast. And on YouTube, it's just under my name, Eli Maynard. And yeah, message me any feedback you guys have. And um, if there's any points you want us to bring up about... um in the part two also lucas 
I yeah. like to do this little segment when I remember, and Charlie knows exactly what I'm about to say. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yes, yeah. we'd like to do a little segment called Life Hacks. Yeah. Do you have a, a, a life hack that you could share? Like any little hack in life that you could get ahead in life. Um, so something to get you forward. It, it could be anything, just like, you know, um, something that could save you five minutes, you know, like um, putting those cups in the dishwasher that probably shouldn't go in the dishwasher, something small oh. like that, or like something significant. Mac is drive-through like, sort of hacks or whatever. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, be, be diplomatic. That's my... That's my usually what I say to people. Be be diplomatic in situations. It saves you a lot of time and and, and grief for sure. Okay, yeah, that's right. smart, Very easy. Smart. All right. That's well, good. on that note, we'll end the podcast, and uh, we'll see you in the next episode. We might make this the next. We might make part two the next episode, but this has been officially part one of our expectations versus reality. The very first podcast Eli doesn't have to edit. <laughs> yes. You know why? Because Charlie didn't go on a tangent. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening, right. guys. And uh, thanks, Lucas, for joining us. And um, we'll, we'll see you in the next one, man. Yeah, sounds good. Cool. Oh.